This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. This is your host, Jesse Mike Peluso. Hey, you know, I'm going to ask you to get on over and rate the podcast five stars. You know it. You've heard it. Don't deny it. If your finger isn't hurting, you better get on over and start flirting. Flirt with that rating button and give us five stars. That's all we're asking. It's a pretty cheap ask if you ask me. I would like to thank all of you guys for listening. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm going to be coming to a town near you. Starting to get out on the road a little bit this year. Valentine's Day. I'm going to be at La Jolla Comedy Store. One night, one show. Valentine's Day. Galentine's. Come celebrate with me. And then February 16th through the 18th, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas. That's right. The mothership has landed and it is about to beam me up. So come check out Joe Rogan's Comedy Club and your girl will be there all weekend long. Five shows, five opportunities to check me out. I will also be at a part of the Netflix is a joke festival. May 10th at the Bourbon Room. One show. Come check that out. It'll be me and a couple friends. I'm also talking about doing a show at my girlfriend Katie's new club the next night. I'll let you know those details. I also just booked Panama City, Florida, March 29th and 30th. That's two shows, two shows or two, sh- four shows. I'm not sure, but it's two nights, March 29th and 30th. That's not on my calendar yet. That just came through. I also have Syracuse Funny Bone coming up and a couple other shows are going to be adding to my calendar. So make sure to check that out at jessiemade.com slash tour to come see me live. And you should know and tell all of your friends that a portion of my ticket sales and a portion of my merch goes towards the Alzheimer's Association and Hilarity for Charity. So thank you guys ahead of time for your support. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. We talk a little bit about how to recharge your relationships, both personal and professional. These rules can apply across all types of relationship dynamics. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode with me, Jessie Mae Peluso. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jessie Mae Peluso. It's a personal... Look, well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. Talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the pod. I'm excited to be here. I was gone for 10 days and I'm back. 
and I'm back and I'm looking forward to seeing how many people rated the freaking pod. It's our new goal, a thousand five star ratings. It's one second thing. It takes one second to change my life. Why wouldn't you want to do it? It means a lot to the podcast. You just go over and you give us a rating of five stars. You know you love it. Your friends love it. Someone has sent this podcast to you or you discovered it because you were sad because someone died or you know me from various other podcasts and shows that I've done. However you've gotten here, thank you so much. Thank every single one of you who listen every week, who share this podcast. I do this for you. I go into my garage studio and do this for you. And it's been quite a journey. So thank you guys so much for your continued listenership. I think that's a word that's new in today's world. You are a listener. Each and every one of you matters. So thank you guys so much. And if you want to figure out how you can matter a little bit more, rate the pod five stars. Come on now. Ain't gonna hurt nobody. The potty ain't gonna hurt nobody. Go give us a five star rating. I'm looking for a thousand of those puppies. I want a thousand of those bad boys. I, I want those more than I'd ever want, like an Oscar, an Emmy, a Tony, uh, Hastings, a Pulitzer, a Nobel Peace, which now we all know is just to distract from the fact that they made the A-bomb or the, the nuke. And I was like, oh, God, we got to create something different. And I only learned that from watching, uh, I think it was Painkillers with Matthew Broderick. You learn a lot by watching these shows. So that's why we should just all be couch potatoes so we can become smarter. Anyways, thank you guys so, so much for being a part of the pod. And we're going to talk a, a lot. We're going to read. First of all, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to read the ground round comments because they're alarming. I don't know how this is. <laughs> this podcast has slowly turned into a food review show. <laughs> I'm talking about In-N-Out Burger. I'm talking about artichokes. I'm talking about freaking ground round. Well, I love food. I know it doesn't look like it. A lot of people call me a skinny bee. You're not wrong. I have a high metabolism. Hate me if you want to hate me. It's the way God made me. So take it up with Christ. Take it up with Christ. But we're going to read the ground round comments. If you're like, what are the ground round comments? Well, last week we went down memory lane and discussed the ground round, which was a restaurant back in the day when kids would pay what they weigh. For a lot of us, you know, mom and dad were getting full meals, full sandwich entree dishes for like 45 cents. And we don't understand how that even was healthy. How, how did the health department allow that? That's how far we've come as a society. So we're going to read those comments at the end of the podcast. And today I want to talk about a little bit about how to recharge your relationship. And your relationship can be with you, can be with your loved one, your friends and family, whoever, whatever type of relationship you have. I think the key points that I want to discuss can relate to all different dynamics of relationships and relationship dynamics. So we're, we're going to talk about that. First, I want to tell you a little bit about my trip. We were in, uh, I did a trip with some work with my man and we were in Traverse City, Michigan. Traverse City. I know, but the word, the actual word is traverse, to traverse a city. But ironically, maybe not so ironically, this city is pronounced Traverse City. So we traversed Traverse City, did a show there. It was a lot of fun. Traverse City is interesting. They have, right when you pull off of the highway out of the airport, there was this 
shop that said Cliff's Rifles. And I just thought like that, (laughs) it's strange because first of all, that's a character in the horror movie that I wrote. And he doesn't have a rifle shop, but he has kind of like a weird gas station. So it felt like a little universal nugget dropped in my, in my lap. But then I also thought, wow, just to get off an airplane and get down the street and then see a rifle shop felt a little intense. And then I discovered that I I didn't go into the rifle shop. It just was this cool sign. And I thought a strange shop to see coming off of an airplane. There was this coffee shop in town that had a lot of scandal and I'm going to see if I can pull up some uh, story about it. Morsels coffee shop in Traverse city, Michigan. And the owner had done something really freaking crazy, just downright terrifying for a woman. The owner of the downtown coffee shop, Morsels, was arrested on multiple felony accounts following a lengthy investigation from the Traverse City Police Department. So this guy basically set up a camera in the bathroom of his coffee shop and was videotaping girls using the bathroom. So this guy, I don't know this guy, was Ed Witkowski who purchased the business in 2021, obviously just to set up a freaking camera. He had a hidden camera. And some of you are probably like, this is the question I had, like who changes in a bathroom in a, in a coffee shop? And I'm not victim shaming. Okay. Here's what I found. <laughs> Debbie's Googling. <laughs> Debbie's got noises in the background. The I'm not victim shaming, but I I genuinely was like, who's changing full full outfits in a coffee shop? But then I thought, oh well, the the girls who work there might need to change. You know, sometimes you want to put on a cute little outfit for work. Sometimes you want to have like a little barista outfit on, and that's okay. One count of using a computer to commit a crime, felony with maximum penalty of 15 years in prison. Three counts of capturing and distributing an image of an unclothed person. Maximum penalty of five years. You only get five years for sharing a photo of a naked person. I feel like some perverts would think that that's enough, you know, not so, so bad of a time to serve. One count of lying to a police officer that gets you 93 days in jail. (laughs) Hey, you want to lie to a cop? About a hundred days. You got to really want to lie to a police officer to spend 93 days in jail. So, um, this guy is just a pervert I, and I found that out. So I, I had this joke that I used on stage where I talked about going to Cliff's rifle shop in Traverse city and then stopping by morsels coffee shop. And I said, I guess you could say I got shot at both. If you consider getting shot by a shotgun and getting shot by a camera and the room, they appreciated it. They appreciated the little local humor. But it was interesting to see that it doesn't matter how quaint, beautiful, clean, and affluent a city is, there's always going to be some drama. There's going to be some scandal. There's going to be some guy who wants to videotape his employees disrobing. And also, there's so much available on the internet. Why do you need to look at people in your coffee shop? 
and I'm not condoning being a pervert, but you are dumb. You suck at being a pervert. You went and put set something up. I mean, go home, be on your laptop. That just tells me that this guy maybe wanted to get caught. I think people do this because they genuinely want to get caught. They're probably lonely. They don't know how to express it. They're perverts. They're definitely criminal. I'm not saying this guy's not a criminal. I'm definitely not supporting what he did. But let's see how he got caught. Oh, it's on Reddit. How did the morsels owner get caught? Would like to know the background. Backstory I heard was a patron in the restaurant. 16-year-old female found it and reported to the police. And then the investigation took about six weeks. They raided his house and the restaurant to get the final evidence and charges. Gotta love Reddit. No more details about the investigation, but this New England Record Eagle article from today gives more info on the background. On June 12th, um, this woman interviewed Ed Wukowski about what it was like to be a small business owner. Who cares? What's it like to be a small business owner who's a pervert who sets up a camera in the bathroom? Get a cat. This guy's just is gross. It's just so gross. And you guys wonder why women are so stressed all the time. We can't even take a pee in Morsel's coffee shop because Edward Kowski is whacking the weasel in the, in the office. Ugh. Let's move on to brighter things. It was a lot of fun. I couldn't believe how comfortable the pity, the pity, the people of Traverse, Traverse City, Michigan were with the temperatures. They were uncomfortably comfortable in the cold. And it wasn't even that cold, but these people were in flip-flops and t-shirts and it was in the teens. And that, to me, that's not normal. Like what in the Krampus is happening out in these streets? A, B, how dare you wear flip-flops? How dare you? you got, guys are just walking around. These girthy, girthy fellas are just walking around in flip-flops and t-shirts at 8 a.m. with a coffee in their hand and like a Probably, probably not even coffee in there. It's probably Jim Beam. Their 8 a.m. Jim Beam kickoff of the day. It just was very uncomfortable to see these people just chilling in the snow. And this is somebody, I'm from upstate New York. I'm from the snow belt. I'm from the part of the world where it's cold all year long and you just have to deal with it. The summer comes and it's a freaking break and then that nor'easter is around the corner. Woo! If you guys listen to the pod, you know what I'm talking about. That, that freaking uh, winter purge, the winter depression. It's real. I'll pour a little more tequila here. I'm feeling it. It's been quite a week. A lot of stuff is happening. A lot of things. I realized I'm not built for the winter. I don't know how I survived in Syracuse. I don't have a lot of extra fat on my body. People like me sustain. That just goes to show you how adaptable human beings are. But I will tell you my shins turn into icicles and I don't like it. And I don't appreciate it. Speaking of icicles, I have to tell you something really dumb that I did on this trip. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. <laughs> so <laughs> let me take a sip of tequila. Mm. So we're driving. We drove from Traverse city to Holland, Michigan. Then from Holland, Michigan, we went to Chicago. And did shows in Chicago. Great time of year. Go, go to near one of the Great Lakes during January. It actually was really beautiful. And we were able to escape pretty severe weather. And I want to talk about weather terms as well. Because they're getting severe. Speaking of severe. 
the weather's not not the only thing getting severe. It's the weather terms. But um, we were driving and we stopped at a rest stop. Now, I hadn't slept well for, for nights. And I'm the type of person, I don't know if anyone else is like this. I need sleep. Like I need seven solid hours. If I get eight, you're going to get an angel in the morning. I'm going to make you pancakes. If you get six, you're going to get someone who may or may not commit a crime against an elderly person. I need sleep. That's the way it is. There's no way around it. There's no cheat code. There's no shortcut. I need seven solid hours or you're going to get a demon. The Japanese river ghost from the ring is showing up. Chucky is showing up. The thing from Stranger Things is showing up. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm a monster without sleep. I know what I need. If I need an eye mask, I'm putting on an eye mask. If I need earplugs, I'm putting on earplugs. If I need a sound machine that whistles me into the ocean with the background of tulips blowing in the breeze and a parakeet mating, that's what I need to sleep. You don't like it? Get your own bed. We could, we could probably clip that one. <laughs> I know I need sleep. So I say that and I preface this story with that because I had not gotten a lot of sleep. And we stopped at this rest stop and we get out to use the bathroom. And then I'm coming out and it's nighttime. There's snow accumulated on the ground. It's crunching under my feet. I felt like I was going to throw up. Not because of the snow. <laughs> I feel like the story is already discombobulated. I didn't feel well when we stopped. I had felt nauseous and I felt like I was going to get sick. I get motion sick in cars. And so I had to like sort of get some of that cold air in my lungs and walking around, breathing in that cold air. It's nighttime. There's these little uh, street lights that are on in the, in the rest area. And I'm just kind of walking around. The snow's crunching under my feet and my man's ready. And so we head back towards the car. We rented a white SUV. And so, you know, being from upstate New York, being pretty well versed with the weather and how to drive in the weather. And one of the things is not good to have icicles accumulate behind your wheel on your car. It, it can, from my understanding, you want to get those off. It helps with the aerodynamics of the vehicle. And also it's just a safety thing. And so I walk up to the back of what I thought was our car rental. And I proceeded to kick the icicle underneath the bumper off of the car. You know, that accumulates just right behind the back wheel underneath the bumper. There's a chunk of ice and, and snow that's compacted there from driving. I was kicking it off and it was, it was pretty compacted. It took me a few kicks and, until I realized it wasn't our car. And then the person who was sleeping in the car started yelling. <laughs> I kicked the icicles off of someone else's car. And this kid was like, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. And he opened the door and he was like ready to fight. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. This is how women die. This is why women die. Okay, my man's like, come to the car, like to, towards him. He goes, Jess, get over here. And, and I'm continuing to apologize to this person. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to crack jokes. I'm like, oh my God, you want me to get the other side? I actually said that to this person. I was like, you want me to get the other side? I thought it was my car. 
I almost died. The fact that I didn't die is more surprising to me. I almost died. And uh, let that be a lesson to people when you're traveling and you're tired. Know your weaknesses. Know your shortcomings. Because you're one icicle kick away from almost dying. And if that guy shot me, he'd have every right. He'd have every right. The police officer would be like, what happened? Well, sir, this crazy woman was kicking my car at 9 p.m. at a rest stop while I was sleeping in it with my wife. That's the other thing. His wife was in the front seat. And there's nothing more unpredictable than a man protecting someone or something. And so... I, I was, I held my hands up like this. I go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought it was my car. We, we're this car right here. He could see the car was right next to where he was. So it's not like I just walked out and wandered. The car was parked next to ours. You'd think I'd go, Hey, there's two things that look the same. Maybe I should look up and take a register of the situation. No, 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 no. I'm just going to walk over to this vehicle. That's clearly my vehicle. And I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick it. I'm going to kick it. And that's a good idea. I'm going to kick the snow off of it. Everyone's going to be fine. We'll, we'll figure out how, how to handle the situation at the end. That's what we'll do. And so, you know, I learned a lesson that I need to make sure that I am more alert when I'm on the road. And, you know, I will say this is one of the reasons why it's difficult to be an independent person. I've been an independent woman my whole life. Well, not my whole life. You can't be an independent woman at eight years old. But once I left the house, I was independent. And so with that, it can be a difficult situation when you get into a relationship because then the power dynamic sort of switches. And we're going to get into this when I talk about how to recharge and, and, how to recharge your relationship and and things you can do for that. But this kind of falls into that where when you're an independent woman and you get in a relationship with somebody for the most part, independent women kind of like masculine men. And so masculine men don't like independent women (laughs) for the most part. That can be very difficult. So you have to like sort of relinquish some of your control And so what I've chosen to do is relinquish all of my control and just assume that he's watching me all the time and he's controlling everything and he's got it all the time. And that is good and well, but I also have to keep my head on a swivel and not go up to strangers cars and kick icicles off of them. That's the moral of the story. So I'm dumb and learned my lesson. That was the universe being like, okay, uh, you need to take a nap before you get into a car and you might want to just check your perimeter, check your six. I'm usually a very alert person and that can be very stressful to be constantly aware of your surroundings. And I wonder, I would like to see a test done to see men versus women. And if it'd be cool if you could quantify the stress of keeping tabs on your safety at all times during the day for a female versus a male, because it's so different. The experience is so different. And so when I'm with him, I feel protected. And so I feel like I can do anything, (laughs) anything you can do. I can do better. I can do anything better than you kick off the snow. I went to this restaurant. We went out to eat switching subjects here. 
And, you know, I haven't really talked about him a lot. We've kind of kept, kept our relationship kind of private because it feels right to do that. And so I'm starting to talk about him a little bit more. And we, we went out to dinner. And one of the things I realized, one of my pet peeves, besides not getting any sleep, is when restaurants sort of have pictures of food that aren't necessarily the, theirs in the restaurant. Unless you're a fast food place, we, I don't need to see pictures of food. I'm here. I'm going to look at the food and put it in my mouth. I don't need to see your food displayed on the walls around me. I, I think it's tacky. I think it's unnecessary. And it also makes me feel stressed. <laughs> I'd rather see the paint on your walls than photos. And not only were these photos, this one restaurant we went to. And by the way, anyone looking to find cool towns in this country, there are so many interesting towns. Holland, Michigan is the place that we ended up at after we were in Traverse City. Traverse City, it'll never work. And it's a great little town and the people are amazing and it's cool in the wintertime. They have the largest municipal heated sidewalk, I think in the country. So what that means is the sidewalk gets heated up and you can walk around in the winter and there's not an accumulation of snow on the ground and ice and all that. So it makes it so enjoyable and sort of a very walkable city in the wintertime and also a, a very picturesque and idyllic town, very quaint, lots of shops and restaurants. Check it out. But anyways, it's fun to go to these places and you go into restaurants you normally wouldn't go into. And I'm someone who's got to be a little bit more relaxed when it comes to my diet. I'm very disciplined in the food that I eat. I also enjoy grilled cheeses. I enjoy mac and cheese. I enjoy cheese in any sort of form. So I'm not completely stringent with my diet, but it's very difficult for me when I go out to eat because I try to not be picky. This place is cute. I think it was called Waverly Stone. This is the place with all the photos on the wall and they've got all these photos and I'm just looking around and I'm like, man, it, it just looks ridiculous. It looks like you're trying to sell me. I'm already sold. I'm in the door. Put the food in my mouth. We know how this works. There's nothing these photos are going to show me. Then there's this one picture of the of someone pouring cocaine in a martini on the wall. And I'm like, well, now that looks fun. That looks fun. It looks like that, you know, Salt Bay maybe found his cousin and Cocaine Bay is here pouring <laughs> cocaine into a martini. Why hasn't anyone done that? It's a terrible idea. And I, I just was walking around taking videos of all these ridiculous photos and everything. And then I found one and it was right in front of our table. And you know, it's just a, a picture of scallops, but something about the way the guy's holding the napkin in the background makes me really uncomfortable. What are we doing here? Is this an innuendo? This scallop photo has me blushing. What are you doing with those scallops, sir? We'd like two of those dishes to go. Because my boyfriend and I are feeling a little blushed here with your fingers in the dish next to the scallop like that. Can you please check yourself before you wreck yourself? It's really uncomfortable. This guy's got poorly placed fingers on that dish. Is that Gordon Ramsay? I doubt it. That's not, that's not what you learn in culinary school, is it, sir? There was interesting people, cool little shops, and there was a sign. I don't know if the sign was actually in Holland, Michigan, or if it was between the travel, somewhere in between the travel, but there was a sign that said, oh, no, it was on the highway. It was on the highway when we were headed to Chicago from Holland, Michigan. 
the sign said, foster a pet, help your community. Now, look, you're talking to a girl who's got three foster dogs. I'm not against it. I'm obviously pro foster. But I feel like there's a few other things we could do to help our community before that. (laughs) I feel like there's like eight or nine things we could do ahead of fostering a pet. That's probably a little bit more prudent for the cause and a little bit more important. Fostering a pet is wonderful, but maybe we should start a program where we foster a homeless person. We, we foster homeless children. Why aren't homeless adults able to be fostered? Now, I know that's a crazy idea. And obviously I'm being a little silly when I say that. No one wants a homeless person in their house. But we foster orphan children. They're cute. Well, a lot of the times those children grow up to be homeless people. And someone told me something at a vet once when I was there and a homeless man walked in with his dog into the waiting room. And then I got called into the office and I was like, that's so sad for that dog to be with that homeless guy. And she said, the doctor said, well, actually we see a lot of these guys who come in, these men and women who are homeless with their pets. And sometimes more often than not, those pets are more taken care of because the homeless person is with them all day. And I was like, damn, are you a commercial promoting homelessness? Cause sign me up. Me and my dogs will just be out in a tent. I mean, people spend a lot of money to camp. Come to LA, you can do it for free. You just have to lose your house, your job, your dignity, your self-worth, your sense of self and your family. And hey, you can go camping too. But I do feel it's important to foster a pet. But I just thought there are a few more steps we could take. (laughs) Okay, before we get into steps to refresh your relationship, I realize we haven't done an overheard in a hot minute. At least I don't think we have. And I also don't think we did the overheards from Christmas when I was in Syracuse. I had tucked these down into the list and I don't think we did these. So I was at one of my favorite diners in Syracuse, Serpico's Diner, formerly Mama Nance's. I would go there after I'd go to the club with my gay friend, Maddie, Maddie Sauer. Shout out to Maddie Sauer, who I outed at my first ever hometown show in Syracuse, New York on stage. And I can say it now because that show actually made him come out. I went on stage. It was my first show. I sold out the Landmark Theater in Syracuse, New York. And I talked about Maddie and I talked about him being gay and he hadn't told anyone. And I didn't know. (laughs) And his sister left the auditorium in tears. His father wouldn't talk to him for a while. His mother obviously already knew. I just assumed everyone knew. You know, this was early 2000s. I assumed everybody knew. And uh, everything's fine. Everything's all in well. But um, this is a place that Maddie and I used to go after we'd go clubbing. And it's taken under it's been taken under different owners and different names but right now it's Serpico's Diner and it's right on I think the Fairgrounds Boulevard right before you get on 690 it's a real trucker diner it's a classic diner you walk in it smells like burnt butter and oil and that sticks to you for about 2 years doesn't even matter if you have the jacket on or not and that jacket will never lose that flavor 
It is ingrained in you. When you walk into a silver, uh, not a silver spoon, a greasy spoon diner, when you walk into a greasy spoon diner, that stench sticks with you. The moment you put your foot inside a greasy spoon diner, that smell is stuck to you for life, buddy. Greasy burnt butter and oil. That's your new cologne. You better enjoy it. Put a little behind the ears. You don't need to. It's stuck there. It is in your pores for the rest of your life. Something about that just makes me feel like I'm at home. So I worked, walked into Serpico's and sat down and there was a table of three guys next to us and three blue collar, hardworking men. You can just tell. And I think this was the day after Christmas or the, uh, yeah, it must've been the day after Christmas. It was, it was, or, or maybe even Christmas Eve. It was very close to the holiday and I'm sitting there. You guys are getting a full background for this overheard. Excuse me. And this gentleman goes, you never heard of Aquaman? Because they were talking about movies. <laughs> they were talking about all these movies. They were talking about, first of all, the guy was talking about his court case. And now he had been arrested for the same thing before and he's going to be fine. He got off for it once before and he's going to get off for it again. I thought, good for you, buddy. Good for you knowing the system better than I do. And, and you know, give it to the man, whatever you got to do. And they got talking about movies and I wish I would have recorded it or at least wrote down what they were saying. Cause it was really funny. They were just simple guys and they were sweet. I mean, su- as sweet as criminals can be. <laughs> and this guy goes, you never heard of Aquaman. Not that people talk like that in Syracuse, but it's just more fun. And normally we have a rule for overheards one line. That's it. But this one needs two because it's a two parter. This will be a new rule. It can be two lines if it's different characters. So the first guy says, you never heard of Aquaman? And the second guy replies, in terms of reality, no. What? In terms of reality versus what? I don't know if it's Marvel. In terms of reality, this guy's been saying, in, in real life, I never met him. Here he's a nice guy, but... Uh, no, I never heard of him. Don't even know who he is in, in reality. Now, in fantasy, he's my best friend. In fantasy, him and I are very close. Aquaman and I are very close. I thought that was hilarious. In terms of reality, no. <laughs> Sometimes I think people just say phrases and then they're not quite sure where to put them. And that guy's like, you know what? In terms of reality, belongs here. Now, this overheard happened at our Christmas Eve party at the house with the whole family. And this is also a new rule for overheard. Two lines, one line per character. That's it. Can't go more than that. Maybe we'll add it on in the future. But for right now, it went from one line to two. And the only qualifying factor is it has to be two characters. That's it. There's no more. We're no more stretch for that. So someone asked my niece. I think actually my man might have asked her. No, no, no. This was her brother. Her older brother asked her, do you want to go to Build-A-Bear? And she replies, no, Gucci. Huh? You're six. Why are you already into designer wear? I'd rather go to Build-A-Bear. And you want to go to Gucci? What do you know about Gucci? The only Gucci you know is Gucci, Gucci, Goo. You shouldn't know about Gucci. Kids should not want designer wear. Especially when children of much less... um, luck and affluence are, are putting the clothes together. No, no Gucci for you. 
Those were fun. And, and so to bring you back full circle, right up to today's date, I had a overheard. Now this overheard happened in a Walmart. Now I'm realizing, I think I might need to hang out in a Walmart just to get a bunch of overheard. So that's going to be my task and my request of the listeners. Please go to a Walmart, not to shop. You don't have to support the company. You can walk in, you can walk out. There's no laws against that. I want you to walk around and get one line, maybe two from two characters and email them to me at jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to rate the podcast five stars. Anyways, this happened at Walmart. And these overheards were said to me. So not technically an overheard, but I had to tell you guys this. So I walk into Walmart in that little vestibule in the middle of some town in between Holland, Michigan and Chicago. And there was this pile of clothes and a COVID mask. And from underneath that pile of clothes and COVID mask, as I walked in, I heard, hey there, gorgeous. Just like that. Kind of like a devil from underneath your bed. Hey there, gorgeous. And I looked to my right and I looked and it was just a line of shopping carts. And then I kind of peered to my left and the pile of clothes pulled down the COVID mask to reveal a bright, big smile of no teeth. Take that back. There was one tooth barely hanging on. That tooth was hanging on to hopes and dreams that have since left the port. And I continued walking. And I thought, you know what? Still got it. Felt like Will Ferrell at the end of old school. Still got it. In the cereal aisle, I'm going to kick a cart. I still freaking got it. And then something else happened that I think only happens in Walmart. And this is not to exploit elderly people or people of disability. Obviously, Walmart attracts a certain socioeconomic shopper. And that's how they make their money from people who can't afford higher quality goods and foods, which is a shame. But this is an interesting overheard. This woman was walking and she was taking the teeniest steps. You know, old people, especially if they have a disability, take the teeniest, most careful and considerate steps because they can't fall because they know if they fall, they are up shit's Creek without a paddle. So this adorable old woman is taking these teeny, teeny steps, teeny, teeny, not even a baby step. It's a zygote step. And I'm coming out of the bathroom. And when I walked in, it was like, it, it, it was like ice capades. It was slippery. It was like someone poured oil from Serpico's diner all over the floor and kind of try to clean it up. It was very slippery. It was stars on ice. And so I saw this rickety woman walking towards that. And I'm like, um, this is not going to end well. And I can't be a part of this. I can't watch this happen. So she's taking these little baby steps and I'm like, ma'am, are you with anyone? And she couldn't really talk. She just kind of mumbled. She's like, oh, no, no. And I'm like, you need help, sis? Because it's ice capades once you get beyond the, the piso, uh, cuidado, piso mojado sign. This is not a mojado piso. This piso and fuego para su hips. You know what I mean? And so I go, is anyone with you? She goes, no, no, no. And I'm like, this is slippery. She's like, help me. Will you come with me? And I'm like, oh God, I got to go on this journey with this woman to the bathroom in Walmart. I couldn't say no. My boyfriend's there. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to go with this woman in, in the Walmart bathroom and see what happens. And so I walk her in and she goes into the stall and I just had this image of her like, I don't know. I just thought she was going to fall into the toilet and that was going to send her to some other space 
in time. I thought, man, this woman's going to fall. And, and then I thought, well, if she falls under my care, am I going to get sued? I was a little concerned. I don't know the rules in Walmart. It's like Lord of the Flies on another level. She's in the bathroom for a hot minute. She comes out. And she, this woman's just alone. She can't talk. She can barely walk. What do you, I'm like, what do you need at Walmart? How can I help you? I want to help this woman. And so I walked her out and she thanked me and she shuffled down the store. And honestly, that moment made me feel very fortunate. Because here's this woman who, I don't know if she doesn't have anybody. I don't know what her mental faculties are, but she could barely walk. And, and you know what? She got herself out in the wintertime. She's like, I'm going to freaking Walmart. I bet you she bought a bottle of wine. I hope she went to the liquor department at Walmart and got herself some liquor and some new slippers because she deserved it. And uh, it, was, it was just a sweet little Walmart moment. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I, I'll never see that woman again. Hopefully she didn't slip. Can you imagine if she slipped in the parking lot and died? After all that, my good deed for the day and this lady gets taken out by a sheet of black ice, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I'd be so mad it would make me want to walk up to somebody else's car and kick the ice off of it. Intentionally. Um, well, we better get to what I wanted to talk about a little bit before this podcast ends because we're already at 40 minutes. You guys have been taking up my whole freaking day. There was so much more I wanted to discuss. Well, first we got to talk about this video with this um, priest from France. Does anyone see this priest in the baptism on the daily mail? French priest, 89 years old is forced to retire after a video of him slapping a crying baby went viral. This thing was so nuts. This video, I I couldn't believe my eyes. Now that's a lot to say because there's so much on the internet, so many horrible videos. Well, basically this priest, this mother is like holding her baby, baby and the, the priest is ready to take the baby and it just, the baby's crying as babies do. I mean, baptisms are uncomfortable. You're being taken out of your mother's hand. And so this priest is a little bit manhandling call it kid handling. And he's like speaking to the kid and he holds the kid, cradles him in his hands and then grabs him by the jaw and just gives him like a, like a Rocky trainer slap across the face. This is a, an infant. And then you can kind of see the people figuring out what to do and how to react. And another woman comes in. She's like, Hey, are you drunk? And you know, this guy has since stepped down, stepped down from his priesthood. You can see the father trying to rip the baby out of the the priest's hands. And you know what? This happens sometimes with with elderly people. They start to lose their marbles a little bit. I've never seen an elderly person slap a baby. I called it the baby's first slaptism. You're welcome. I didn't see that anywhere. So if you hear it after this, that is a result of AI stealing my likeness. And I'd like to report it ahead of time. Minority report style. This priest slapped the freaking baby right in the face. And, you know, that's what happens. These guys, they get old and they start to get a little senile. And that's not an excuse. Not a freaking excuse. Um, Father Jacques Lacroix said, I'm finishing my ministry now. There is an end to everything. Yeah. Like that father's patience. He's lucky that that guy didn't do something more. But you can't, you know, a priest slaps a baby, then a man hits a priest in the face. Like it's one thing for like an elderly man to slap a baby, but we can't have a grown man punching an elderly person. It, then where, where's it going to end? 
We're going to be choking out a, 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 a baby chicken. What do you call those little things? What do you call baby chickens? Chickies. <laughs> what, are they, what are baby chickens called? Chaplain. <laughs> Chickies? Chicks? Can you imagine choking out a chick? There's no end to it. Troubling video footage emerged of this guy hitting a baby across the face with an open palm. It wasn't a hit. It was a slap, not quantifying or qualifying, just saying it, 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 it was a slap. But um, in an interview with a French radio, Mr. Lacroix denied having been too severe with a child. It was somewhere bes- between a caress and a slap. I hope to calm him down. I didn't know what to do. See, that's the thing. He was older. He's losing his coolness. He's losing his cool. He's losing his ability to have proper cognitive fun function because he's almost 90. So probably was time for him to step down. And, um, the, the Bishop of the church said he had taken measures so that the priest is suspended from all baptisms and marriage celebrations. Now the marriage celebrations is where you could probably slap a couple people. This guy should be hired for divorce celebrations. He might have a, he, he could lean into this and be the next TikTok sensation. You know, the slap and priest. He could do slaptisms for adults, for people who need a, a rebirth of sorts. Why not hire this guy to slap around a couple lazy, grown ass men and lazy, grown ass women? Gender doesn't, uh, it certainly doesn't discriminate when it comes to laziness. We have this guy, hire him and have him slap him around a little bit. I like to hire this guy and do a slaptism for a few people I know. I see this as an opportunity. I see this as a business opportunity. This guy is missing out on money. Who wants a slaptism? I want to I would maybe even try one to see if it might slap in some perspective. We could hire this guy the way the same way they hire clowns for babies' parties and children's parties. We could hire this guy for adult slaptisms. 1-800-SLAPTISM. Call us. We'll send them right to your house. <laughs> okay, guys. Let's talk about ways to recharge your relationship. <laughs> I was just thinking about this because of my trip with my boyfriend and also going through dealing with about uh, entering this phase of my life where I'm going to be selling my childhood home and that providing challenges with my relationship with my sister and her and I are always good about overcoming those things. Being on the road with your loved one and your significant other is challenging in and of itself. And I think for so many of us, it's hard for us to know how to make requests. And when we're in a relationship, a lot of people can be people pleasers. Some people don't know how to set boundaries. And so it's so important that you maintain this energy level. All people are batteries. We all have electric currents in our body. And with some people, they can drain your battery. And that's, you know, a lot of people are like, that's not good. Well, think about moms. All day long, their batteries are being drained. That's not good. It's a part of being a human being. It's a part of showing up for people. And if you're tired at the end of the day, if you're drained, that means you did something. Now, I'm not saying all of this is good. There's obviously levels to it. But it's important to know how to recharge yourself after being with somebody. And it's important to know how to recharge your relationships after going through difficult rites of passage and and difficult times, like I'm about to endure with my sister and selling this home and having to pack everything up, which will be a grief survival guide episode. When I'm home, I will discuss losing my home and what that process is like. 
But some relationships are kind of like when a cell phone is charging on the battery pack and you have to make sure that both people can get a charge because being together requires a certain level of emotional sophistication, patience and anticipation of needs, both yours and theirs. And the number one need I think is energy support and knowing where you bleed out a lot of energy and knowing areas where you need help recharging. And, you know, they always say the most important is to put your oxygen mask on first. And I believe in that. I think that is a a tried and true lesson in life. And mothers might say differently. I'm not a mom. I, I did spend the entire day with my nephew, my besties kid yesterday. We, we had a great time and I have a new appreciation for her and for mothers. And that might not be applicable to mothers and it might be different. But I do think that you should put your oxygen mask on first to be able to give if you are a giver. And I am a giver. And I will often deplete my energy for someone else before I need to do what I need to do for myself. So that's an area, if that's you, you need to learn to check yourself and know that about yourself. So you can anticipate that. And so then you got to go, okay, I know, I know I'm a giver. I need to get all of my things done. All of the aspects of my life that bring me joy and to um, bring me productivity and to make sure that I am finishing those things so that I don't feel stressed giving to somebody else. Cause I think what causes a lot of stress to givers is they don't give to themselves before giving to others. You don't have to stop being a giver. You just have to give smarter. And because I'm such a giver, I'm Sicilian. I don't know if that's uh, applicable for all Sicilians. We like to nurture. We like to take care of. I have to do that for myself first so that I feel even better giving for others. And, you know, that actually gives me energy when I give to people. But at the same time, you have to make sure that you're recharging as well. And I I was reading and doing a little bit of research and I've picked up this book, Scattered Minds from Gabor Mate, who is a psychologist, a psychiatrist actually. And he himself has ADHD and that's what the book is about, ADHD and dealing with it and dealing with it as a psychiatrist. But he also speaks on a lot of different other um, emotional and psychological issues and socio-psychological issues and psychology. And he talks about the reason why women have more autoimmune diseases Women generally are more susceptible to getting autoimmune diseases, lupus, and uh, my mom had lupus, my aunt has lupus, and things like that, things that are stress-related and inflammation-related. Women take on the emotional brunt burden and stress of their family, friends, and loved ones. That's what women do. And they feel that they're guilty and responsible for the well-being of other people in their life. And so they take on the stress of other people as well as their stress. And, you know, women have this natural caretaking tendency and it's almost ingrained into the fabric fabric of who we are. And I'm not sure that's something that needs to be fixed. It certainly needs to be monitored and acknowledged. So if you are this type of woman and if you are a giver, you have to learn to plug your cell phone back in. And not just at the end of the day. I think the beginning of the day is a good place to do that. And so being in a relationship and being on the road and being a giver, I learned that I have to do all of my uh, to-dos early in the morning, which I normally do in my routine. 
in order to show up and be able to give more fully for the people in my life. And the same thing for the situation with my sister and I, and us about to sell our childhood home. You know, I have to be able to make sure our relationship is recharging during this process of unloading and unpacking and breaking down our home because it's going to be very trying. It's going to be very emotional and it's going to be very traumatic for both of us in different ways. And the, and you, it, it really is a give and take relationships really are all about the osmosis and the alchemy and the ebbs and flows and finding ways to push and pull not negatively. You don't want to push someone or pull someone negatively, but finding an area where you can give more and also being vocal about when you need something. It's the other thing for me, sometimes it's hard to ask for help. You got to ask for help, especially in relationships. You got to vocalize. People can't read your mind. You can't assume that people are telepathic. You got to say to someone, Hey, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. And I need a minute or, hey, I'm going to go for a walk or, hey, can you rub my feet? Can I get a sandwich? Whatever it is you think would recharge you. You got to make a request because your loved one, your friend, your, your whoever's in your life is not always going to be able to decode and decipher your nonverbal communication. Your huffs, your puffs, your sighs and your frustration and however you act out when you get into that mindset, not everyone's going to be able to decipher So one of the ways to recharge your relationship is to make requests and verbalize what you need. And you also have to set boundaries. You have to know the areas that trigger you. And you have to say, hey, when it comes to this, I need this. There's nothing wrong with that. And it actually improves your relationships on the other end. And I'm I'm not a pro. These are things that I'm learning as I go along. These are things that I'm anticipating from learning from the previous situations, bringing them into the next and knowing I'm going to be spending a certain amount of time with my sister and knowing all the different dynamics of these relationships are so sensitive that sometimes speaking clearly and demanding a certain level of respect and boundaries is the best way to maintain and recharge your relationship. And you know, relationships also go through their own ebbs and flows. And I know that this is going to be a very challenging time for my sister and I. I know it is. Oh, I know it is. It's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard. But that's what tequila and wine are for. And a little bit of edibles. A little bit of that. Well, I hope you guys can find some peace through your relationships and the different aspects of how they can drain you and learning to respect and also request what you need. And I also promised you that we would look into this ground round video from the top of the podcast. I told you I'm going to read you these ground round comments. I didn't know that I would drudge up such a memory for so many of you. And so I'm going to read some of these comments because they're absolutely ridiculous and hilarious at the same time. Um, Chelsea says, I cannot tell you how many birthday parties I had at the one on 57 in Liverpool. My mom had to ask the clown to leave the party area on my third birthday because I was terrified of him and had a full blown meltdown. That sounds about right. Ground round and TJ big boys, seventh North baby. That's right near where I grew up. Like this ground round was literally now that I realize it as an adult was down the block. My parents weren't trying to go far or spend anything. 
I'm not from Long Island, but my grandparents were. We went to one next to the King Cullen, I believe. I was told it was going to be the burger of my life. I remember the kale as a garnish for some reason. See, people don't remember. People forget kale used to be the side piece. Kale was a thing that they would sprinkle on as an afterthought. Now she's Beyonce. She is in the center stage, like, look at me. And now I got side bitches and I got side pieces. So step up your game. I cost money now. Kale used to be free and you get one slice. Now it's like $35 a head. Kale's basically what happened to Matt Rife's career. It's insane. Some person says marketplace mall ground round was a staple back in the day. Another one says there was a local one in downtown Binghamton until a couple years ago. I'm so mad. I missed that opportunity. Uh, Jenna says you could throw peanuts on the floor. You could toss peanuts on the floor like barn animals. This place, there's no way they'd pass a health, a health inspection today. Elijah says, I weighed 100 pounds in first grade, so grilled cheese. <laughs> Sorry, Elijah. You know, it's still a buck. Your mom can't pay a buck. Come on. My um, bestie from back in the day, Brad Lokley, he said, girl, when my fat ass family went there, we had to file for bankruptcy. Ground round today would cost as much as the four seasons with the herds of 10 year old bison children roaming rural America. How beautiful is that? Isn't that poetic? So freaking poetic. Um, this one person says it's so funny because we went to very expensive. She went to very, very expensive restaurants without the kids. I don't know if this person's trying to come at Nancy because maybe she did. Maybe this person's right. Maybe my mom chose a cheap restaurant for her kids so that she can go wine and dine herself when we weren't around. And you know what? I don't blame her. I don't blame her. You want to know why? Because she's dead. She's freaking dead. Maybays, all my freaking maybays. I love you guys so much. <laughs> On that note, mom is dead. <laughs> I hope you guys have a great week. Don't forget to rate the podcast. If you have any questions or advice you want answered on the podcast, we're going to do a Dr. Peluso episode soon, as well as another grief survival guide episode soon. Email me at jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. It and you. I'm doing overtime. I'm tired. I'm on my periods. I'm starving. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.